Welcome to this episode of Mystics and Skeptics. Now here's your host, Sybil. Hello, fellow humans. Hope you and yours are well, wherever you are. Today we have June Ahern. Uh, she is a professional speaker, a professional medium and psychic. She's also a metaphysical and paranormal coach. She is an author of several books, a blogger, and has projects underway, including a movie. Welcome, June, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, June, could you tell us about yourself, about your background and childhood? Well, we're Im we were immigrants, <laughs> legal, uh, from Scotland, came to San Francisco. There are eight children in the family. We had we were uh, we grew up in a very staunch Catholic ho uh, household. Went to Catholic school, and I have to say, my mother was a loving, sweet, fun mother. My father ruled the house with an iron fist. But as I got older, I could see, you know. But um, so I would say that was my with my siblings' life and my mother' life was good. With my father, life was very difficult and challenging with his way of parenting. And so I grew up in, this, in the 1960s. I came of age in San Francisco. I hope that kind of helps people understand where I was at and what I was doing. It was a pretty crazy time, a very changing, very uh, turbulent time also. Were you grown up with any religious beliefs? Uh, was there religion in your household? Well, as I said, we were very strict Catholics and we went to mass. My, my parents just said, not like the Americans that go to mass when they want to. <laughs> and that's not true of all Americans, by the way. But um, we went to mass every Sunday, every holiday. Uh, I went to my mother to novenas on like a Tuesday night. She would make certain novenas. That's where you go and you say the rosary together. And we would say the rosary together at different times, especially during the, the, the Cuban crisis. You know, we all got down on our knees and said the rosary together. And so uh, God and, and religion, uh, from my earliest memory, we have pictures of Jesus on the wall and the Blessed Virgin on the wall. We, you know, we were very strict Catholics and we honored that. Could we uh, move on to, I believe you had a near-death experience uh, at a relatively young age in your youth. Could you describe what happened there? Yeah, I couldn't talk about it for years, but I finally started talking about it. Uh, I was in a car with somebody who nodded out and hit a, a utility pole. And I went through the windshield, but the dashboard forced me back in again. And in that, I brought all of the uh, glass, the, the glass from the windshield into my face, which cut my face up and tore, tore a lot of the flesh off uh, and required quite a bit of surgery. This is what I experienced. I experienced at a time where I was standing outside of a rather ornate uh, gate, a kind of metal gate. And inside was a party going on. Uh, I saw relatives that I didn't even know other than from photographs. You know, as I said, I left at six years old to come to America and I didn't know all the relatives. Some had already passed before I was even born. And they were all so light and happy and it was soft and peaceful. It was the most blissful experience, even with all my years of meditation that I've ever experienced in my, in my entire life. 
they were chatting and happy. And then my grandparents came forward uh, for my maternal grandparents. And they said, hi, June. And I was, hi, I wanted to go in there. And it, and it was light, you know, there's a beautiful sense of sunny day, light, bright. And they said to me, not now. And they put their hand up, like, go back. Not now, June, not now. And then I woke up in the hospital with lights on me and needles in my face and everybody scurrying around me. And it was an incredible uh, experience uh, that I don't want to duplicate in the way that I'm gone too soon, but I'm sure when I do transition, I will experience that again. Well, it sounds like a very um, a comforting experience in terms of, you know, there is a transition, there is an after, right? It doesn't end here in this world. Then you have scientists or skeptics who claim that you know, there's several people who've described similar experiences, what you have with um, NDEs or near-death experiences as a form of like some type of brain hallucination or some brain trauma that creates this type of um, illusion. What's your opinion? What do you say to people who claim that? Well, I, I respect the people. Uh, I do respect uh, having some skeptical. I don't, uh, I myself am like that. Unfortunately, many people that say they're skeptical have a certain mind frame, like they've already made up their mind, this doesn't happen. And no matter what you may show them, they will not change their mind, because they haven't experienced it. I've had skeptics that experienced something came to me, I used to do readings, psychic readings, and they are at talks, they'd want to talk about like, I never believed in this, but this thing happened. So what I say to that is I respect where the belief is with science at this time, I do know that science over time will change. There are so many experiments and changes that are going on as we look at the brain. The brain is a, a fabulous study. I encourage anyone that wants to understand more of the brain function to start looking up at scientific studies on it. Perhaps in time, I always say science will, will catch up with metaphysics. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's an excellent point, right? Because science is, it's, there's no finality in science. It's continuous, continuous discovery, continuous experimentation, continuously learning. And you're right. I mean, you mentioned earlier that you did not uh, talk about your experience for a while. It took you a few years. Why is that? Well, one thing I was skeptical. One thing, well, the first couple of years, I was physically healing from the uh, physical and mental emotional trauma of the accident. And we were involved with legal, you know, litigations and such like that, uh, that I put it to the side. And, you know, you're talking about the early 1970s. People did not talk about this. They didn't come out and talk about this. Or you were thought to be like, cuckoo, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, whatever. And that was one of the factors is that nobody really talked about it. And I wanted to sort it out in my own mind, like, wow, could this really have happened? Did I really experience this? And it wouldn't go away. In about 1978, Dr. Raymond Moody came out with a book, you know, Life After Life. After Life. And it, it really just broke everything open for people. Uh, his studies took place of over a period of time and internationally, collecting stories of what people saw and near-death experience and such. So I began to talk about it then to a select few who already began to have um, 
support of me and, and believe in what I what was happening in my life psychically. And then I, you know, now now it's so many books and everybody talks about it like it's real open. It wasn't back then. After the near-death experience, is that when you started having these abilities or did you have it before and you just never, you know, honed in on them? Well, I you know, I've explored it as before. My mother was a believer in mysticism. She had had uh, being a very strong Catholic, again, she couldn't talk to a lot of people about it, but she had had a, a brother that was killed during Second World War before the family knew, come and visit her. Uh, and she was really enjoyed the, the mysteries, like One Step Beyond was a big popular uh, television show. So I, I was accustomed to listening to this. My mother would have dreams and they would come true like that, but I never really explored my own. And after my near-death experience, I began to know things about people that they've never told me before. Uh, we would call it a deja vu, perhaps. I would think of someone, and then within hours, I would see that person that I just already thought about. A little bit later, toward the mid-70s, I began to have the experience of spirit showing up. My first one, my grandparents, uh, when they and to give a message to my mother. And even then I was hesitant to do it. Then a friend of mine committed suicide and he showed up to me, which was very scary, by the way. You know, people think of these things as, oh, aren't these great? In the beginning, it was very frightening. And that's how I began to realize I was in a different place and time, different dimension in my life. I mean, really embraced it. I started studying the Tarot after my near-death experience because I was interested in trying to figure out what was going on with me. So uh, I apologize if I use a, a incorrect terminology. In terms of um, mediumship, that's when, what's the difference between a medium and a psychic? I suppose that's my question. Well, a medium uh, directly can have communication with spirit spirits, ghosts, like that. Psychic readers don't necessarily bring mediumship into their readings. They can be people that give information about a past, the present, the future, but they don't really communicate with spirits. Maybe they choose not to, maybe it's just not in their abilities. You know, each psychic has their own abilities and how they communicate it is different from another psychic. Okay. In terms of uh, you read the tarot, you've learned to read the tarot. Is that a, do you channel spirits to interpret the cards or how does that work exactly? Well, I'll have to say, first of all, I have a love affair with the tarot. <laughs> I think it is just, I mean, I have it right here on my, on my desk. I look at it and I use it as a way of looking at symbols that talk to me, that, that connect with my subconscious, that connect with my psychic mind so that I can communicate. Sometimes when you're having psychic uh, impressions and images and even sounds like uh, inner voices talking to you that are not your own voice, by the way, because the, the tone and language is different from yours that it helps settle down the psychic mind so that you're able to communicate it more clearly. For example, I may be talking to you and you say something that I don't understand or respond. And so you say, well, let me rephrase that. And then I go, oh, that's what you're talking about. Well, the tarot helps settle one down to find words to communicate what the images on the cards are saying to you. They're, they're talking to you. They're a communication tool. Got it. Got it. Great. Um, you know, 
again, going back to, let's say uh, you were raised as in a Catholic household, like you mentioned, and um, you know, in Christianity specific, or, you know, in the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, you know, they're in their scriptures, you know, they say divination, right? Like, tarot or mediumship or what have you um, is considered sinful. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, we do want to remember that the Bible is uh, historically based on people at that time and their thoughts. There are some beautiful things in the Bible. I've read the Bible. Uh, I, I, I do not oppose the Bible. It's people reading it. It's their interpretation. As I said, you know, you and I could be looking outside and it's pouring rain and you go, oh, my God, it's pouring rain. I go, oh, this is great. I can't wait to walk. You know, so it's an interpretation of the Bible. And I know that there will be Christians out there that say, oh, no, 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 no. It's exactly that. And what I say to that is. During the time of of uh, historically and even now in some places, people have superstitions. They do not have logical and reasonable abilities or education on how to dream, uh, how to use the psychic mind. Um, and so I say, well, let, let the person that you're dealing with, I do not like people. I never encourage people to keep coming to me and follow my word exactly. I say, here's what I'm seeing. You figure out if this fits in with your goals, your plans, your beliefs. So what I say is my work speaks for itself. I constantly get communication with people that say, thank you for assisting me. Thank you for whatever. I've had a few people that were going to commit suicide that came and talked to me and said I gave them a purpose for going on. And so let my work speak for itself is what I say. I don't believe in using any kind of divination that encourages people to be dependent on any person, it's between you and your higher self to get information. A person can maybe guide you to that place is how I look at it. No, that's excellent. And uh, you touched upon, you know, you did some good, right? And those people who were suicidal in giving them back their life purpose. And um, and I'm sure you've comforted a lot of people too uh, by getting in touch with their loved ones who passed over. So again, uh, could you let listeners know, is there a difference between spirits and ghosts? And are there like dark energies or level lower level energies? Like give us a description of the spiritual world. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there are dark energies. I don't encourage people to think it's a game to use. I, I, I don't like the Ouija board. Uh, that's just my thought. Um, I don't think people should go for the just the the thrill. I mean, there's some there's a TV show with two guys and they're like, ah, you know, drama stuff. I, I laugh. It's entertainment, I guess. I'm not into it. I I have a I use the word spirit and ghost only to kind of talk, bring a difference between what I'm speaking about. We all are spirits. We are human beings having a spiritual experience as a, there's a particular saying, and that is true. The spirit of a person, or they lost their spirit. So we're all spirits. When we leave this physical body, our spirit goes to wherever people think it goes to. Uh, I, I'm looking at dimensional space in, right now, which can be like heaven or hell or purgatory or whatever. And then the ghosts, to me, are still are spirits. 
they're stuck in time and space. For instance, have you ever talked to a friend that when you talk, they go over and over? Oh my God, when I was that age, I'll never get over it. And then they go on about exactly what happened. They're stuck in time and space. Same with a ghost. They committed suicide, so they keep showing themselves their head hanging, you know, or uh, they just. So that soul or that spirit is re experiencing that traumatic event? And Correct. Which, which is a ghost? Okay. To me, that it then would become a ghost. Uh, it's stuck on it's stuck in the it's not in the physical world and it's not in the higher spiritual world now dark entities until i went to jamaica in the 90s i had never really experienced them greatly and i didn't know if i really believed in it remember i'm, I'm also a skeptical psychic medium <laughs> and my experience down there and i write about this in my book really opened up my eyes to to Yes, low-grade vampire entities is something I read in Letters from the Other Side by another author. And yes, there are. And that's why I said, don't fool around with this. Don't be open to saying, oh, come on in. Not a good idea. You mentioned your observations in Jamaica. Um, I wonder, you know, another belief system that comes to mind is like voodooism. You know, is that... I mean, do these types of systems uh, incorporate demonic or dark energies? Well, it is a religion. I mean, voodoo, pokemania, you know, santamaya, that's all a religion. And so it isn't always about dark entities at all. Um, you know, it, it has a, a lot of really beautiful uh, parts of it. I went to a, what's called in Jamaica, Pukamanian uh, uh, celebration, like a mass, and it was beautiful. And it certainly wasn't about dark entities at all. It has an aspect of it, just like the Catholic religion have exorcists. They they do believe that, that you can be possessed, you know, and it is there. And there are other Christian religions that, that uh, understand that. But you have to take the superstition out of it. You know, people get into stuff and pretty soon they're believing that they're, it's difficult to talk about in a short period of time. You know, of what people believe and how they bring this kind of stuff into their mind and can cause uh, mental anxieties and illnesses. No, yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, possession of, you know, human minds or human bodies like, you know, that require exorcism, quote unquote. Um, then we have uh, haunted locations like haunted houses and what have you. So are these ghosts that are stuck in space and time or are these the lower energies you were talking about earlier both they're both usually my experience that uh you know i do paranormal investigations as you said you research me so you know this and you know i kind of looked at it about oh boy oh boy entertainment <laughs> i know people find that funny but i i kind of like talking to ghosts and uh, so off I go, and usually it's people that, that, that have been people that are stuck in time and space for whatever reason. I do believe in giving them an opportunity to move on. I will pray for them. Uh, some have told me, hey, I like it here. You know, I had a good time when I'm on Earth. Why should I leave it? Which was a big surprise to me. I didn't know that. I thought, hey, we all want to move on, move on. And uh, I learned that just from investigating uh, my investigation. 
then there are dark entities. There are certain places that have dark entities. I'm not real thrilled about doing those. And I have told my producer, Ying Li, I'm not real thrilled about going to those places where murder and uh, atrocities have taken place. It's, it's not for me. Find another medium for that. Although I've walked into it and uh, I've said to Ying, hey, you should have told me before I got here. Because <laughs> I never asked. She always says, well, you never want to know what's there. I just give you the address and you show up. There you go. That's great. So um, people who have, you know, lower energies, dark energies in their environment, in their homes or wherever, um, how can we protect ourselves from these beings? And it depends on the, the force, the power of the, of the dark entities. Um, you can do something like smudge. People will smudge or use incense to go around and bring in a certain uh, cleansing smell. You know, nowadays we use sprays, you know, to cleanse out. I don't use them. And, but you can use aromatherapy. Uh, and they, uh, in, oh God, what, what's it called? The, the, the Asian uh, feng shui. You can uh, actually have chimes outside. You know, you can use physical and we are physical beings. So physical objects, uh, help us connect greater to our own psychic energy. You can use chimes. Uh, you can use certain uh, positions of plants and flowers. Uh, you know, again, I'm big on prayer. I think <laughs> that pray, pray and say, you know, God come and angels come or guides come, whatever you want to say. Even mom, dad, I, you know, I'm feeling some real negativity here. Will you please protect me? Use the uh, a sense of gathering a, an energy like a white light around you and circling yourself in that uh, before I do spirit communication like tomorrow I'm doing a seance with a certain amount of people and I always say if I to when they're there I put the light around them and I say only good can enter here in I will not allow any negativity in this space you know and over the years I've gained a certain understanding and power that that usually always works so there are there are certain ways uh, that you can actually protect yourself I think we I have to protect myself often because I do communicate with spirit I did have an attack one time and it was really bad <laughs> oh really oh can you describe it a bit well I I have worked with people that have had attachments and uh, helped to remove it through energy work or recommended them to different Reikis or different ways of removing attachments. I never thought I would get one. You know, I'm too cool, right? <laughs> when, my, when my book came out, you know, How to Talk with Spirits, I was doing one book event after another, sometimes two or three in one week. And I wore down. I, and I didn't, I wasn't protecting myself the same way because physically and mentally, I was just oh, worn down because at these events, I would always, I would also include some of the guests and giving them a spirit message. I went to one event that finally broke the camel's back, so to speak. Uh, actually, the table fell down and all the books fell off. It was, it was actually, a, a, and there were people there that had, uh, that showed up that had loved ones that died uh, uh, through murder or suicide. There was quite a big group of them, which is very unusual. After that, I was so worn down by these people and there was alcohol there. And if I had known there was alcohol there, I would not have done this. I am so opposed to alcohol being in any spirit communication. And I wore down and I became mentally, emotionally, and physically very weak and uh, afraid. 
uh, I had like a little mini breakdown. That's what I had. I had an emotional breakdown and I had a lot of pains in my back. Now, uh, attachments could attach to the back of the neck and along the shoulders. Uh, that's where they mostly attach. And all of a sudden I woke up after being like this for a month and say, oh my God, I have an attachment of a, a dark, ugly entity through this murder and suicide and people crying and screaming at this event. It was horrific. And I stopped, I stopped doing events on that for quite a while. Uh, and so I went and had Reiki. Uh, I went to acupuncture and I went for a, a particular massage person that actually knew how to work with this to remove this. And it took months. It took months for me to recover. <laughs> okay. It makes for good, better entertainment, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, okay. In terms of, so th there is the ability for the ghost to choose to cross over, right? Like, do, do they have to do something to, or repent or like, how do you, if they choose to cross over, can they just, does it happen automatically or? Uh, it, most of us, yes, we will leave. Uh, you know, most of us will probably die of age or illness and we know we're getting ready to leave. So I've, actually been called into enough people that are leaving to to comfort them as they go which is always a surprise to me I'm like well you know who am I I don't even know you or your family but to comfort them and listen to them and so most people they will give their it's called giving your spirit up they say open the window so the spirit can leave and I actually did that when I was with a few people that uh, transitioned or passed away or died while I was with them. Uh, open the window, let the spirit leave. Uh, it's an old kind of Celtic tradition, you know, that we do. And so the ones that cannot leave, if you start communicating with them, like I do, and I say to them, you're suffering. This is not a good place for you. I would like to help you move on. I have said to the, my film crew afterwards, I said, this particular spirit, let us all pray for them. Let us collectively give a, a, a thought, a prayer, uh, however you want to do it to the God of your heart, that this soul be released from this dimensional space, earth, three-dimensional space. Others, as I said, don't want to leave. Uh, the dark entities, they're just here and they are not going to leave. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever, uh, Dead Files is a good program where she deals with a lot of dark entities and how to release them from the space. So there is information out there if you truly have dark entities in your space. Uh, in terms of our loved ones who've, uh, our deceased loved ones who've passed over, um, do, are they watching us or are they in their own, in their own realm and loving their afterlife? Or, I mean, when, you know what I mean? Like, can they continuously watch us or do they just pop in, in and out whenever they want? How does that work? Yeah, the latter. You know, in the beginning, it's like anything else. Uh, I, recently, I had a good friend that I've known. I used to actually, her son was killed in a motorcycle accident. When I was a young teen, I used to babysit him. And it, so he left so suddenly. I mean, he was killed instantly, is what they say medically. So he had to adjust just like we had to, you know, when you're shocked, I don't know if you've ever had anybody that you've been uh, very close with that died instantly. You, you go into shock uh, differently when a person dies that you've been preparing for it, even though it's sad, it doesn't have the same. So that spirit also goes into shock. 
like, whoa, where's my body? Where am I? What happened? This is what I've experienced talking to spirits. I So that's one reason I say to people, please, let's not communicate with them right now. Let them get settled in. And you usually, well, always is what I experienced. You are met on the other side by loved ones that have gone before you. They take you, or it could be your angel, your guardian angel that was with you since birth. They take you and they want to comfort you. Yeah, we know it was hard. Um, so do they come back and visit you? At first, tragic, they're, they're still very connected to you. In time, what they do is that they can come back and visit you. Uh, but they're in and out, just like you said. That was a good way of saying it. It would be like calling somebody up or people text people now and go, why didn't you text me? I texted you an hour ago. It's four hours later. You know, Humans want these instant things. On the other side, it's not easy to communicate with spirit, by the way. Because the longer they're gone, there are different layers that you have to get through to communicate. So they will come back. I, I wrote this in my book, too. Don't ever keep calling on a spirit. to come. Don't daily keep calling on that spirit. How can they ever rest in peace when all they hear is, I miss you so much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish you were here to tell me. What am I going to do about my money situation? I'm fighting with this person. Oh, God, come back. Come back. Come back to me. Please, please. How are they going to rest in peace? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um I had a thought in my head, you know, we hear about stories where people say that a loved one has um, visited them, right? Like there's like their light bulb is flickering or they hear noises. Is there any truth to that? Absolutely. It's not real common and it's not real easy for the spirit to move objects or turn lights off and on. And because that takes a physical movement, telekinesis there, to move something with the mind. Uh, it does happen. They do want your uh, attention. So it, it, it can happen. Uh, it's, as I said, it's not common, but they, you can get things like scents, you know, the, the smell of the person. I've had people say, uh, my husband smoked a pipe and I keep, there's, you know, there's no pipes in the house now, but I smell it. Uh, people will go in after a loved one has passed on and they'll take their clothes and they just want to smell them. So scent is a very strong way and it's easier to come across. Some people have, uh, and this is really easy. Some people feel the brush, like the hair goes up or you feel like that person has touched your hand. Uh, that's more common. How can somebody communicate or channel their deceased loved ones? This is what I, or do you need a medium? This is what I encourage the most. I encourage people to do it themselves. And it will come through dreams. It will come through a chance moment where you look out and all of a sudden you feel like, wow, I feel like my father just held my hand and said something to me, gave me, you know, said something. And what happens is why people go to mediums like myself is that, and myself, and I went to a meeting, my sister died uh, and was my best friend and she just died, boom. And it was very difficult. You know, I'm human. I'm human and I'm going to have this emotional response. We go to mediums because we are so heartbroken that we need comfort from somebody who we believe has a, a better communication skill with spirit than, than we have. Plus, we are so emotional that we think, oh, I'm making this up. Oh, that can't be her. It can't happen this way. And so we, we distrust ourselves. We distrust the message. 
So going to a medium is not a negative thing. And I've certainly had fantastic mediums that have given me absolutely with no, not, no, nothing about me at all that have given me fantastic, realistic, logical uh, messages, uh, identifying the spirit. And so I encourage people to do it themselves. And there's certainly ways you, you can do it. One is uh, it happens everywhere. They give you symbols, like a little bird goes by. I remember a, a bird flew by uh, outside my window one day. I was just looking out, feeling <laughs> very sad. And a little, it was actually a bluebird of all things. And I right away thought, I know who that is. I know who that is. And, and I just knew in my heart, your heart knows. Your mind may not know, but your heart knows. Dreams are a great way um, to know by yourself. You could sit in a rather darkened room with a little candle going and just sit there quietly. You have to quiet your mind. This is the hard thing, especially nowadays with all of our uh, electronics uh, equipment. Uh, don't take your cell phone in. Don't bring animals in. You know, there's different ways of, of uh, actually communicating with spirit. Automatic writing. You could sit down with a piece of blank paper and say, I'm going to contact mom and I'm going to say, mom, I'm really missing you. How is life on the other side? And just let your hand write across the page. I can't do this because I can't read my own writing, but people have done it and it's very successful. Um, now, are, with your um, abilities, uh, your gifts, are you able to see spirits just you know, every day, like wherever you go, or do you have to like go into a specific mindset, you know, and channel them or, or do you just see them wherever you are? Both, both, you know, I could be, I remember, here's a story. It's kind of funny. I'm standing in a supermarket and I'm looking, I've got a recipe. So I'm trying to decide which what I should take a man standing next to me and he's looking and I get his father in spirit. It starts talking to me about, oh, you know, I have a really good recipe. Why don't you ask him about which product to, to get? And I said, you know, sometimes, and I said, oh boy, here we go. Uh, sometimes these, you know, people have family recipes and I'm trying to figure this thing out. And he goes, oh, my father had a recipe that I really, and he liked this particular product. So I had the conversation, but I got him to talk about his father, you know? Um, if I'm going to actually go into a, uh, appointment with somebody and I, I, I spend a good hour in meditation, I do say the rosary. I do pray for the circle of light to be around us and let no negative entities enter here. Now the messages may not all be, Hey, really cheery, but, <laughs> uh, I do prepare myself. So that's different. Like recently I went to the Winchester mystery house in San Jose, California, uh, to perhaps be one of their mediums that are called upon at special events. And I had a good time going there, but I did prepare. And what happens is I get information before I even get to a space of messages that I'm going to be receiving while I'm in this space. You know, other ones come up, but usually I already know. So yes, two ways. Yes, it happens spontaneously. Yes, I, I do prepare. What are your thoughts on um, karma and reincarnation? Well, it's a, uh, an ancient belief. It's been around in all different kinds of uh, religions, beliefs. Um, I, to me, karma, first of all, karma is very easy to understand to me. Uh, somebody does something very hurtful or negative to someone. As my mother used to say, give them, a, give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves when I would be mad. 
throw that person this. He says, she said, give them enough rope. And that is karma. Give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves. Uh, sometimes we, someone has um, done something against us and we learn later that something happened to them and we go, oh, goody, goody, goody. <laughs> Not a very good idea to do because you're building karma there. What you say is, well, you know, maybe they'll learn, maybe they learned their lesson. And reincarnation includes karma because there is the belief that carnation means the flesh. So we come back into the flesh and we bring with us karmas from other lifetimes so that we can work it out to become whole. Becoming whole means that we are finally wise and peaceful human beings. We live a life of wisdom, uh, which is not seen on this planet Earth very much at all. I mean, the present situation has proved that. <laughs> uh, and we live where we have more compassion for people, animals, and our and the care of our planet. So that's why we come back into the flesh. Uh, some people jump back in and they're just living the same karma all over again, same kind of life, same trying to learn. You know that, you know, people in life that you think, oh my God, they'll never learn, will they? I've, I've all said it about somebody like, oh my God. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. So do, does do all souls reincarnate or is it a choice or is, you know, I guess no one's perfect, right? I guess everybody has to reincarnate to attain perfection or near near perfection. But um, I, I guess it's it's an interesting concept for sure. Right. And I'm trying to reconcile that, you know, with um, the belief, as you know, better than just as well as I do, you know, of, OK, we have one life you know, we, we die, we will um, be judged eventually, right, for, for our actions in this one life. So I'm just, I don't know if you have any answers to that. I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh, no, you won't put me on the spot. I can only tell you what my thoughts are, my beliefs, and what I follow spiritually. Uh, and, and I certainly know it's not everybody's, and I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't try to talk people into what they should spiritually uh, be. And that's one of the reasons I, I left religion, is that I didn't need anybody telling me what was morally uh, the way to live. I learned that through living, though religion itself has some beautiful points about it. So the 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 my thoughts about that is my understanding is and I didn't know this until I started studying something else uh, last year is that you do have a choice you have a choice whether you want to come back how you want to come back who you want to come back as uh, how can you learn your lesson so you do have a choice now if you choose not to come back uh, my understanding from what I've been studying is that you don't reach certain levels. Uh, in, in spirituality, it would be as though somebody chooses to uh, could stop studying or stop experiencing life different than their own. So they kind of stay in a mold. They stay as they are. Um, if you have evolved quite a bit through lives, you can choose not to come back because now you are in the place of being an angel, being a guide, being a spiritual being that can help on planet Earth. That's a beautiful thing to know. And so most of us aren't like that, are we? <laughs> most of us don't get it. <laughs> Myself included. And, you know, uh, 
I, I do practice Rosicrucianism. I, I am a Rosicrucian. And we do talk about planning our next lifetime. And so I planned one when my sister was alive. And then when she transitioned, I went back and said, okay, I, I want to do this and this and this. I want to be make sure we come back together again. Well, I'll find out the other side. As far as being judged, my understanding is we are adjudged a judged, meaning that we're not judged and condemned. We're shown like, well, you know, you acted this way. It's like um, five lives, uh, the author that wrote, you know, five lives that you knew on planet earth or something like that. I forgot the exact title, but you're, you're showing your life and how you responded, how you reacted, how, what you did to certain people. And they ask you, what do you think about that? You know, so they're not judging you in a condemning way. They're asking you to become enlightened. And, you know, here, we're going to review your life. We're going to help you heal. We're going to put you in a different place. But we have no control over you. You have to be willing to do this yourself. So there is some element of free will there. Absolutely. Just like we have free will on planet Earth. Uh, As a coach, people, oh, God, I heard this so often. People tell me. I don't have a choice. I can't do that. And I've lived long enough. I'm in my 70s now to know that that is not true. If your choice then is mentally, you can change your mind. And scientists have proven we can change our brain energy. We can change the way we think. This is actually a scientific proof that has come out over the last 10 years. And yeah, so um, you can change. It takes work. God knows. So there, we have people in this world, you know, cold-blooded murderers, rapists, pedophiles, uh, who commit, you know, egregious acts and crimes against others. Um, is there any sort of accountability in the afterlife for these types of people, um, for the pain that they and suffering that they've caused to others? That's one of my biggest challenges spiritually, is not judging those people. And uh, my studies have said, (laughs) it's really hard for me, you know, a lot going, oh, they're horrible and they're evil. And then my studies say, well, they need to be there so you can grow spiritually yourself and be um, beyond that, be more enlightened than these people. I I, I don't like those answers. (laughs) So when they get to the other side, my understanding is that that transitions again talking to them and saying, look what you did to all these people. Look, look how you hurt this little girl, you pedophile, you know, look what you did. What are your, what are, now, what are your thoughts? What are, how will you redeem yourself? If you choose not to redeem yourself and Catholicism, they have a place called purgatory. I don't know if it exists in other Christian religions, but they have a place called purgatory. You go to purgatory and, and this could be part of the, where ghosts go on earth. You go to purgatory and, it's like time out. You're going to purgatory until you can admit that you did bad, horrible, horrific things to other people or animals or the earth. You know, you, you stay there and will you graduate out? Well, the idea is that you're supposed to graduate out. You're supposed to come to, uh, you know, terms. You're supposed to be uh, sorry for what you did, you know, and then that's part of the redemption. Uh, you spoke about, you know, different levels of um, existence or and different level of beings or energies. And uh, is there a divine 
ultimate source that all these beings report to, you know, I'm, I'm alluding to God. <laughs> I believe in that. I, I, you know, I, I have a, I believe I have a good relationship with the God of my heart and I call it the God of my heart because I think that we all should have our own personal relationship with God. I know that I've been told there's one God and that's it. I do believe there is one source. I believe there is a huge cosmic energy that is greater than most of our understandings about anything. And I call that God. I call that God of my heart. Um, you can call it Allah. You can call it Buddha. You know, people have to have names, don't they? They have to have symbols and names and such like that. I have become a greater devotee of God since I began to study spirituality. So I do believe there is a source. Yes, to your question, I do believe there is a source. That source has to be a personal an intimate relationship and uh, with you and that source. Uh, I have a daily one. I practice daily my connection to my God of my heart. Wow. Um, do you have an You mentioned dreams a few times uh, during the discussion. And what is your opinion on dreams? Are they a, a, a mode of contact or mode of communication with the other side? Absolutely. Now, you know, we have three stages of dreams. We have the uh, dream, we go to bed and, and we had the day activity or something. And we kind of go through that and we get out of that. So, and, and then you have the dream uh, where it's a little different. You're getting symbols and messages. You're connecting to like the astral plane, the plane where so much is going on. Like you're going out and you're getting in your little rocket ship and you're going out into the universe, cosmic energy, right? And uh, so then you are picking up images. And this is where people People often will be able to say, wow, I know in the future. I mean, I had a few people tell me, uh, well, one woman a long time ago told me about what was going to happen in New York, like 30 years before it happened. Then I've had people tell me, you know, there's this thing that's happening, this disease and everything happening, and, and they've had dreams about it. So you can, you, it, some, the second level of dreams is you can actually see things into the future. It doesn't happen very often. And I know people know this. They say, well, I knew that I had a dream that that was going to happen. Sometimes you can count on it. Sometimes you can't. And then you have the mystic dreams. They don't come very often at all, where you connect to the higher source of the mystic realm. And in that, you can have spirit communication. I mean, on the second level, you can still have it, but it could be a little more confusing. But, and, and and it could be uh, in glimpses of it. In the mystic realm, you know so much more and communicate with angels and God, angels, guides on a whole different level. And people that have had this will say, uh, my dream was incredible last night. I, I actually, it would be like I had that, that um, you know, near-death experience, uh, how it came to me. That would be on the higher level of realization. Do you have any advice um, on how people can develop um, their psychic mind or their abilities, if they have any? I love teaching these classes. For years, I taught the Tarot and I taught ESP development. Sometimes I still give some talks on it. I'm, I plan on giving some talks again. I just took a break. And one of them was on ESP development. And start with the, uh, the most easiest one to understand and to utilize is telepathy. You have to get telepathy down. You have to build it and believe in yourself. And it's so easy to understand. You, you know this. You think of somebody, 
out of the blue, and all of a sudden they contact you. Easy. Yeah. Um, you you get news news. You or you open up the well. You don't have a newspaper anymore. You go online. Uh, the news online is rather. And you go, oh, my God, you know, uh, I knew this was going to be in the paper today. So telepathy is very easy. You could say, uh, like a couple has been together, or I had a best friend for years, you know, <laughs> and she, we would just look at each other and know exactly without words what each other was thinking. And later we talk about it. We even had the same dream on the same nights. And we would say, well, wait a minute, I dreamt that. So telepathy is easy to understand. We have it with our animals. Those that are close to, to animals use telepathy. When you pray, you're using telepathy to talk to God. When you are in meditation and receive information, whatever you, however you meditate, if you meditate on a particular being or the universal flow, whatever, you are, are receiving uh, t telepathic thoughts. So there are ways and games and fun ways of doing that. When I would teach my class, I love those classes uh, to see people go, wow wow, I know this. Now, why do you use it? You use it like forearmed is forewarned kind of a feeling. To me in these days, there's really not a whole lot that actually just makes me go, oh my God, because I've already had some sort of knowing whether I like it or not. So I say start with telepathy. Telepathy does not include, it's necessarily include knowing from the past, like I can know things about people's past. I'll say, you know, at five years old, this thing happened to you. And this is why you are here today. And the person goes, Oh, my God, right. Or knowing about the future, you know, precognition, recognition is the past precognition is the future that is not necessarily under telepathy. That's a that's a different thing. So telepathy is um, test yourself, test yourself. That's, that's a fun thing. Get a partner that you send a thought and they tell you what they got and then they send a thought and you tell them that grows your confidence. So you continued your paranormal investigations after being attacked. So why is that? And can you connect that with uh, your upcoming movie? Well, um, being attacked was an experience I had to understand so that I didn't sometimes say, oh, for God's sake, you're attacked, get over it. <laughs> And uh, my skepticism, right? There goes my skepticism. Uh, so I had to experience it myself, I guess. And when when Ying called me, she was involved with the uh, Alameda Paranormal Association. And she called and she had had a reading for me years earlier. I don't know if it's still on YouTube because a lot of things changed over to Prime Amazon. She couldn't she had to check off YouTube. Uh, if I find it, I'll email it to you. Uh, and she already knew that I had abilities that she respected. So she asked me if I would do the Zodiac circle. They wanted to go around and do the Zodiac uh, where people were murdered. You know, the Zodiac. And I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I will not go into that kind of trauma, drama. And could you imagine a, a medium being there? And then the family watches it. The, the living family of the victims see it. I said, I won't. Because you experience it, right? You experience the trauma, emotions, and yeah, oh yeah. When I worked on a murder case, uh, and I was with the police, and my sister, the one that transitioned, came with me. But uh, I actually <laughs> felt I was actually the victim 
fell down on the gravel dirt where she and she was kicked and I didn't know that and they said yeah there were big boot marks on her behind and her back and I'm crawling along and I had nylon that was the days of still skirts and nylons nylons on and I ripped up all my nylons so yeah you you can absolutely experience it on a physical level um, anyway so I said no to Ying for the zodiac I said if you have another space check with me. I turned down spaces, by the way. She, she'll give me stuff and I'll turn them down. Now she has some other mediums she works with. And um, so she came up with the Condor Club. And I always wanted to go in there. It's in San Francisco. It's uh, the first um, topless strip joint <laughs> on Broadway Street. And I said, oh, my God, you know, ladies don't do that, right? They don't go into those places. Remember, I'm from the, the 60s and stuff. So. <laughs> And I went in there and did a great, it was my first, uh, the Haunted Bay Paranormal Investigation was my first investigation. I loved it. I had such a good time uh, that I signed up and I started doing more. One of your books is being turned into a movie, correct? Yes. Well, yeah, a murder case from the book. Yeah, there's a particular murder case uh, that the producer and screenwriter um, focuses on in the book. Uh, that I worked with uh, with the police. And of course, it's kind of Hollywood style, you know. Anyway, uh, and so, I mean, it's he's got most of the cast uh, set out, like Veronica Cartwright is an older actress that, uh, actor that most, most younger people would not know about, but she was in like Aliens and Witches of Greenway. I mean, she's been acting since she's five years old. And so she's the, she's me in, in, in the film. And it's, you know, I mean, there. You know, it's it's pretty much set, uh, except for some things that are still to be. Uh, one thing I learned about Hollywood is nothing moves very quickly. <laughs> um, tell us about your books and some of. Uh, I believe you have a blog. I mean, if listeners want to get in touch with you, and not only for your books, blogs, and um, if they want to find information about your movie, but want to get in touch with you about with uh, to get a reading or for your coaching sessions, how can they do that? I'm retired from readings. Uh, I focus on my my books and talks and and uh, my metaphysical coaching, which is actually a pretty good service uh, for the people that are with me because they want to use, develop their own psychic energy and grow from that, and and talk about things they've experienced and me to put it in place. Like, well, don't let your imagination run too wild over here, or yeah, that can happen. The um, they can get a hold of me through my website, which is juneahern.com ahern a-h-e-r-n juneahern.com i put on upcoming uh online talks that i'm giving and anything else i'm doing update on the movie uh update on shows like i'll i'll put your link on your show of what's my latest my latest show and then i put it up so people can go listen to it i and um that would be the easiest way to get a hold of me if someone wants to have me come and speak to their group I absolutely would love to do that online. I mean, I used to travel all over the United States to book events and talk and such like that. But, you know, with everything going on, I'll, I'll do more things online now. Uh, and, and book events, if they want me to come and do their book party events, you know, so there's a lot available there and you can find it out. You can go to my blog page from there. You can find me on Facebook from there. Um, you know, I'm not the greatest uh, person to, to where to put links and stuff but i try <laughs> <laughs> and your books are available on amazon and they're available 
The paperback are available through me, autographed copies mailed within the United States. Uh, otherwise, you can go to Amazon. I do have an audiobook out also. The How to Talk with Spirits is an audiobook. I have another one in progress. Uh, my ESP test is in two of my uh, nonfiction books. You can go to smashwords.com. That has every kind of electronical kind of, you know, ebooks and uh, Amazon is also an ebook. I mean, my books are pretty much in a lot of places. There, and some book you can order it through your bookstore if you want to get a paperback. So it's it's pretty much out there. All I ask is once you read a book, please leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> June, it was a pleasure speaking with you and meeting with you, and um, I've learned a lot. Folks, that was June Ahern. And for our listeners, thank you for listening to Mystics and Skeptics. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Amazon Music, Spotify, Patreon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and stay in peace, everyone.